All right, let's turn to the book of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter 5. Ecclesiastes chapter 5. We're going to read verses 1 and 2 to get us started this evening. Notice beginning in verse 1. Keep thy foot when thou goest to the house of God, and be more ready to hear than to give the sacrifice of fools. For they consider not that they do evil. Be not rash with thy mouth. And let not thine heart be hasty to utter anything before God. For God is in heaven and thou upon earth. Therefore, let thy words be few. The text comes from verse 5, or verse 1 of chapter 5, when he says, and be more ready to hear. Let's pray. Father, we come to you now in the name of the Lord Jesus. And I thank you, dear Father, for the word of God. Thank you that it's true from beginning to end. And I just pray, Heavenly Father, tonight that we who have ears would hear what the Spirit has to say to the church about hearing. Have your way in our lives tonight, and Lord, we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name, amen. You know, the word listen is one of those words that only appears one time in all of the word of God. It appears in Isaiah 49 and verse 1. Now, you've got some other words. That may be a little bit of a surprise that that only appears once. The word success only appears once, and that's in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. And it has to do with how you treat the word of God. And then you've got the word boy and the word girl. They both only appear once and they appear in the same verse in the book of Joel. Now there are other words that are like that as well. But whereas in the Bible you find the word listen one time, you find the word hear over 500 times in the word of God. Now, of course, we're talking about here, H-E-A-R, and not the here, H-E-R-E. And if you don't know the difference, look it up in a dictionary. I don't have time to get that deep tonight. But there are a number of scripture that talk to us about hearing. In Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3, you find that Jesus' message to all seven of the churches of Asia Minor, he says, let him that hath ears hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. There was an old-time preacher who got on the once-a-weekers, the once-a-week hearers. And one of the businessmen in his church, who happened to be one of those people, uh, came by that week and said, Pastor, you know that subject you preached on uh, last Sunday? He said, really, preacher? He said, I can only digest one sermon a week. To which the preacher replied, I don't think the problem is with your digestion. I think it's with your appetite. And that is definitely true. Matter of fact, a person who has an appetite for the word of God, one message a week will not do. They need much more than that. A man who was a wealthy man and a friend of John Wesley's was asked, are you going to hear Mr. Wesley preach? And he said, no, I'm going to hear God. I listen to him no matter who's doing the preaching. Let him that hath ears hear. Be more ready to hear. The Bible says of Ezra in Ezra chapter 9 and verse 10 that he was a ready scribe and that he prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it. He prepared his heart. Now we prepare our hearts 
for a lot of things. As a matter of fact, we prepare our clothes just to come to church. Uh, you had to put a little bit of thought into what you wore to come to church tonight. Uh, you took some time to make ready so that basically you were at least clean and presentable to come to the house of God. Uh, we'll prepare our shoes. We'll prepare. Uh, we'll look in the mirror to make sure everything's right. But very few people take time to prepare their heart for hearing what God says in his word. One of the keys to whether or not what I preach or anyone else preaches is going to do what it's going to do for your life has to do with whether or not you're ready to hear. Now, we're not good about listening. As a matter of fact, we test the kids in the academy every year with the Stanford Achievement Test. And the area that has the lowest score, and this has been true for years, is the area on listening. As a matter of fact, the teachers have tried to come up with some things to help the young people listen. So that I mean, there's no excuse for having to repeat everything with, for young people who have perfectly good ears. Amen? Amen. They just need to learn to listen. But there are some things that have destroyed our ability to listen. I think the TV has something to do with that. I also believe that the video game society has something to do with that. Not only that, I also believe that since we have become a multitasking nation, that there's no way that you can multitask and get out of the Word of God what you need to get out of it. We need to learn to listen, and we need to learn to listen on purpose. As he says here, be more ready to hear. That's what I want to talk about tonight. It's why, why I'm not going through another book right away. We just finished going through the book of Galatians. I've got some subjects that I believe we need to spend some time with. For instance, just like the Sunday school lessons that we're having uh, Brother Brian Snyder do concerning the King James Bible. Uh, listen, he spends hours upon hours just to be ready for each lesson. And the church is going to be responsible for it, whether they come to hear it or not. He's put the time in. He's putting it out there to you. And if you don't get it, that's on you. That's not on him. These have been well prepared. Matter of fact, better than well prepared concerning the King James Bible. It is an excellent presentation. But it doesn't do you any good if you don't hear it. And you realize you can be here and not hear it. And that's where the problems really come in because there's an awful lot that is said that people don't hear. Well, first of all, in this we have a precept. And the precept is this, be more ready to hear. The Lord Jesus in Mark chapter 4, verse 23, said, take heed what you hear. This matter of a precept and hearing. We need to listen on purpose. When Jesus said, let him that hath ears hear, what the Spirit saith unto the churches, obviously that's deeper than just having the vibrations stir up those three little things in your ear. You know, the stirrup and what is it, the anvil and whatever it is. What's the other one? What did I say? I said stirrup, anvil, and hammer. Okay. I get one of the teachers to tell me. That's how I know it's true. Problem was I couldn't hear them. Because mine aren't working well, all right? So if we're going to listen to hear like we ought to hear, we need to listen, number one, with discrimination. That means truth. 
not false doctrine. We need to be able to tell the difference and we need to listen with discrimination. In Colossians chapter 2 and verse 8, the scripture says, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. We need to listen on purpose so that we can tell the difference. Now, I like to say amen. I go to uh, meetings, I'll, I'll say amen, I'll speak out. I love to say amen, but I'm not going to say amen to heresy. I'm not going to say amen just because the preacher's preaching in such a way that he says something straight and loud, and it's something that seems to call for an amen, but what he said isn't something that should be amen. Matter of fact, personally, I get a little put out when a preacher is constantly having to try to draw amens out. I'm ready to give it, but they got to say something that's worth an amen. The Bible says, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned and avoid them. We need to listen with discrimination. And what I'm talking about listening to is listening to thus saith the Lord and knowing the difference. Let me give you an example. Take the matter, for instance, of Calvinism. Calvinism is a doctrine that is based upon a faulty premise. Now, the premise sounds right because the words sound right, but it is totally misused. Their faulty premise is this, that God is sovereign, and meaning that he is sovereign, then anything that he wills has to take place because he willed it. And yet they leave out completely the fact that the sovereign God can create man with a free will. So you come to a verse like 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9, that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Well, it can't mean that because if God really is willing that nobody perish at all, then everybody has to get saved and go to heaven. They just don't see. So they have to change the scripture. They have to say any of the elect should perish. Or they have to change John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. Doesn't mean the world. Has to mean the world of the elect, because if he loved the world, we know all the world hasn't trusted Christ as Savior. Therefore, it can't mean that, not because of what the Scripture says, because the Scripture says he does love the world, but because their faulty doctrine that God can't create man with a free will. So they have to change many, many scriptures, scores of scripture, scores of words to support a false doctrine. We need to listen with discrimination. Be careful what and who you listen to. Not only that, we need to listen with attention. In Matthew chapter 12, or 13 and verse 23, the scripture says, But he that receives seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some an hundredfold, some sixty and some thirty. Even so, when we do stop to pay attention, too many times we don't listen to hear what the word of God is saying to us. What we do is we try to interpret what is being said. I tell our, our preacher boys in the Bible college, uh, I've told them this many, many times. Part of the problem with preaching is that people don't listen to what you say. They interpret what you say. And what they interpret you as saying is what you're guilty of having said, even though it's not what you said. 
Now, that wasn't too difficult, was, but don't ask me to say it again. And, and that's true. Matter of fact, that's how a lot of fights get started in marriage. What do you mean by that? Well, what did I say? Now, I've got a promise for you that when I preach, I'm going to preach what I mean. You don't have to read into it. Don't be, listen, don't be like CNN. Don't, don't be like MSNBC with the politicians where they try to change what people obviously said. That always amazed me, whether it be a debate or a presidential address or whatever, the, the guy will get up and he'll speak for 45 minutes and then the next two hours on the TV, they're telling you what he really meant. He didn't mean what he said. Well, that may be true for a politician, but that's not going to be true here. We're speaking what we mean so you can get it. And most people who don't get it, that's why people come up to you and say, well, preacher, it's just like you said last Sunday. And then they say what they thought I said last Sunday and I'd never said it. I've never even believed what they said I said. Because they interpreted for themselves. <laughs> God commended the Bereans in Acts 17, 11. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. You see, unfortunately, some listen to find fault. And I want you to see what people can do with this. Keep your hand here. Go over to the book of Luke chapter 11. In Luke chapter 11. See, CNN's been around a lot longer than what you think. And right here we see that these announcers were around during the time of the Lord Jesus Christ. In chapter 13 and verses, uh, let's see, what verse did I give you? 53 through 54. Notice this, where am I at? Chapter 11, not chapter 13. There, there's a 53 and 54. Now, see, I know who was listening because you turned to the wrong page. And as he said these things unto them, the scribes and the Pharisees began to urge him vehemently and to provoke him to speak of many things, laying wait for him and seeing to catch something out of his mouth that they might accuse him. What was their whole purpose in listening to Jesus? It was not to get truth it was to try to find something in his words that they could use against him to get other people to turn from the truth. Just too many don't even pay attention. Uh, Franklin uh, Roosevelt, one of our presidents back during the Great Depression, then, of course, the war, uh, he got sick and tired of people nodding and going, yes, yes, as he spoke. And so one day he just decided he'd throw something else in. He said, I murdered my grandmother this morning. And the same yes people were smiling and nodding their head. And finally one diplomat spoke up and said, well, I'm sure she had it coming. <laughs> one person listening. There you go. We need to listen with application. When the child Samuel heard God speak, Samuel, Samuel, he thought it was Eli speaking. But Eli at least had enough sense to tell him, go back and say, yea, Lord, thy servant heareth. He was to listen, pay attention. As the psalmist prayed, open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Apply the word of God to your life. I hope you came to church tonight to get something 
for you, not something for your neighbor, not something for the ones that you think uh, haven't appreciated you like they should, that preacher will finally give them what they need, but I hope you came to get something for you. Listen with application. As a matter of fact, I, and I believe this, I believe every time I preach that God gives me something in a message for everybody. Now, it may not be the same thing for everybody, but he will give you something, some part of the message. Sometimes it's just a verse. Sometimes it's just a statement. Sometimes it's a rabbit trail that for some reason, and I'm even wondering why I'm suddenly on that rabbit trail, is because God has it for somebody here that needs it right then. There's no way I could sit down and plan a message where I knew I would hit everybody. I don't have to. All I need to do is preach what the Lord lays on my heart and I believe he'll have me say something in the message for everybody and your job is to listen, to hear it, to pick out what part of it's for you. Whether it be a rebuke or whether it be a charge, some commitment that he wants you to make, whether it be a change that God wants you to make in your life. But come with that in mind. Lord, speak to my heart as I read my Bible every morning. I have, a, I have a little booklet beside me. It's not a diary. It's kind of a spiritual diary where I just simply, as, as verses jump out at me and I take special notice, you know, when that happens, it's time to stop. Think about that verse for a moment. And then I, I write part of the verse down and take some notes and put them in that little booklet. And I'll usually have several before I'm done with my Bible reading time. Because I have found, if I don't do that, it's too easy for me to sit there and read. In other words, I'm seeing the words, but I could do that for 10 minutes and suddenly realize I don't have a clue of anything that I just read. Now, I know none of you have ever had that problem. But I'm going to tell you what, I will not let myself stop reading until I have found something to write down in that book. Because it's too, I'll tell you what, you go reading a few chapters and you're paying attention now because I got to have something to write down. That's my rule for me. I need it. I, in other words, it's another way of telling me to pay attention. James chapter 1, verses 22 and 23 says, Be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. If any man be a hearer of the word, not a doer, he is like unto a man that beholdeth his natural face in a glass, and then he departeth. Now, here's that, what that's like for every man. You, you understand this, anybody that's ever shaved. You have times when you nick yourself. Now, I don't know what you do when you nick yourself. Some people have those little septic pins, you know, but they do stop the bleeding. Now, I've got those. I don't like to take time with that. It's easier to reach over and get a little piece of toilet paper, stick it on the cut. And now I see it. I see how much blood is forming on the toilet paper. But it's not dry yet. It's not done yet. I can't take it off yet. But I'm done with everything else that I'm doing. It's time to leave. And I can't tell you how many times in my life that I've come into work and that paper is on my face. And you know, that's how you find out how many friends you really have. <laughs> Most of them don't tell you. They just look at it and kind of smile, and you think they're glad to see you. But that's not the case at all. 
When you do find out that you've got that up there, you feel so foolish. How many people have seen that toilet paper on your face today? Well, I'll tell you what, that's what it's like when you hear the word of God and you don't do it because the word of God points out to us where we have needs. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, he tells that, it, that it, the Bible makes us wise unto salvation. It gives us doctrine. It uh, reproves us. It corrects us, gives us instruction in righteousness so that we can be everything that we ought to be. We need to listen to the word of God and it will teach us. Now, we also need to listen with retention. The Lord Jesus made this statement. He said in uh, chapter 19, no, chapter 9 of the book of Luke, verse 44, he said to his disciples, let this saying sink down into your ears. Boy, now that's listening on purpose. Let the word of God sink down into your ears. Think about it. In that verse in Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein. Notice, meditate therein. How much? Day and night. Why? That thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. In other words, my morning Bible reading is not just for the morning. Because in the morning, I get things to chew on all day long. I need to think about what God has said. Let it sink down into my ears. That's with retention. We need to get it. Challenge yourself to actively think about God's word as you go through the day. Not only that, we need to listen to it with admiration. Do you realize this is the word of the eternal God? And it's for me. Now, I know that whether it be Calvinist or some of these so-called theologians that are out there, they want you to think that they are the interpreters of the word of God, that we're all too dumb to get what God has to say. We got to have their PhD or theology degree in order to understand it. But it's the Holy Spirit of God who lives within me that authored this book. He's the one that I need to listen to. And he has in this book what I need to be everything that I ought to be in my life. Jeremiah said, thy words were found and I did eat them and thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. Job said, I have esteemed the words of thy mouth more than my necessary food. Listen, with admiration, we read his word. Uh, you know, when you go all the way back to when Moses first wrote the first five books of the Bible, you're talking about what, let's see, da, da, da. About 3,500 years ago. And it is just as up to date for what we need in our lives today as what it was when Moses began writing as he was led by the Holy Spirit of God. What a book. No other book is like that. We have a, an academy in our school. You know they, they revise those books all the time? Why did they have to revise them? They found out that they got things wrong, and they're still finding out they got things wrong. But you can trust this book. It doesn't have anything wrong. This book is right. It is clear. Read it with 
admiration. It's a special book with eternal values, never needing updating. So the precept is simply this. We ought to be more ready to hear. Secondly, there's a proverb in Mark chapter 4. In Mark chapter 4, Jesus said, With what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. In other words, the proportion that you give to hearing, you shall gain by hearing. And there are several ways this is pointed out in the Scripture. Number one, those with no interest in the Word find it uninteresting. Somebody with no interest finds the book uninteresting. Let me show you. Go over to the book of Isaiah, chapter 28. Isaiah, chapter 28. I want you to notice beginning in verse 10. To me, this is an amazing passage of Scripture when he says, For precept must be upon precept. Precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to to this people. To whom he said, This is the rest wherewith ye ye may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing. Now, don't read that last phrase yet. Some of you just read it. I told you don't read it. Now notice how the word of God is to be given. Precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line. Why? So that you can find rest. So that the weary can find rest. That's how it was given to his people. But then underline, yet they would not hear. You say, well, that even sounds kind of boring. Well, notice what happens. Now, what's it given for? It's given for rest. It's given for comfort. It's given for strength. It's given for light. There's a number of verses we can come up with each one of those things uh, in the Scripture. The Word of God is for our good, all of it, whether it be the reproof, the correction, the instruction of righteousness, or whether it be the doctrine, it's good for all of us. How? Precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line. Now, wait. Notice, because they would not hear. Notice verse 13. But the word of the Lord was unto them, precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little, that they might go and fall backward and be broken and snared and taken. Now, doesn't this seem odd? The words to be given, precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line. And so for people who will not hear it, it seems like precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line. What are we missing here? What was meant for your rest? Now, I love to hear preaching, and and we do something that not a lot of churches do. As you know, when we have our super conference, we have two preachers a night for six nights. That's a lot of preaching. I love it. I love it. I I think it's great. It's exciting to me. Now, and we've got different, when I say different kinds of preachers, different style preachers that come to the conference, and the ones that we have in... They're all a little different, but they preach the same book. And with their different styles, man, to me, they're just so exciting. I I can think of different messages by some of our regulars, for instance, like Brother Jerry Ross. I'll tell you what, man. He opens the book just like that one message on the, the treasure in the field. 
and preaching on the field. I tell you what, if, if you weren't excited about when that was done, you were dead when you were here. If you thought that was dull as could be, it's because you've already decided you weren't going to hear. That's why it was dead to you. You want the book to become alive to you? Decide you're going to obey what you hear. And it will come alive to you. I, I remember uh, Dr. Smith's message a few years ago now. That, and I've heard a number of great messages from him since then. But this one really rang the bell for me when he preached the message on there's still water in the well. I think that is absolutely a classic message. And remember, he went to John chapter 4 when Jesus was seated at Jacob's well. And the, widow, and, and the, uh, the Samaritan woman came to draw water from the well. The point he was making was that well was 2,000 years old almost. And it was still good for water. There were a lot of spiritual applications he made out of that. And as he was doing it, man, my eyes were just opening. Wow, this is fantastic. Brother, Brother Fugit does that a lot with his messages as well. He'll just bring out some things. And Why on earth didn't I see that? That is so plain. Lord, have you had your hand over that verse so I couldn't see it all that time? I, you know why it gets exciting when God shows you stuff like that through preachers? It's because you came to get something out of it. See, if you're going to be serious about the Word, if you are going to uh, have an interest in what the Word of God has to say, you'll be surprised how exciting this book will come to you. Brother Pastor Russell Davis, who was Brother Tony's pastor when Tony was much, much younger, of course, Tony brought him here to start the Bible Institute. And there were a number of times when Pastor Davis was up in his 80s. He'd be in his office in the morning after the prayer time at 6.30. He'd go in, read the scripture, and he'd come into my office and he'd say, Brother Allison, let me see, let me show you what God showed me this morning. He'd been reading the Bible for decades, preaching the Bible for decades. And he's excited about verses that he read that morning. You can have it. Every Christian can have that in their life. But they got to be willing to hear it. See, these people, they didn't get it because they wouldn't hear. They decided they weren't going to hearken to the Scripture. Not only that, in the proverb, those who desire to find fault will find a lot of fault. It's interesting how two people can sit in the same service hearing exactly the same message, one go out glad and the other go out mad. Same service, same message, same passage of Scripture. And yet some leave mad, some leave happy. That happened in the life of Jesus several times where people received him and then others were angry at him and wanted to put him to death. Everywhere Paul went, some would get saved, others would get mad. He would be beaten, he'd be thrown in jail, but others would be born again. When Jesus healed the blind man in John chapter 9, guess what? Some marveled, some were amazed, but others were angry. Those who seek solid truth find it. Those who hunger get their hunger taken care of. The Word of God says in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 6, Blessed are they which hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. You see, right there, I think, is the problem why there are a lot of people in our churches who don't enjoy church anymore. They're not hungering after righteousness. He says, if you hunger after righteousness, you'll be filled. If your desire is to get closer to him, if your desire really is to be like Jesus, 
then you are going to want to be there. You're going to want to hear what God has to say in his word. Those who bring faith find assurance. After all, 1 John 5, 13, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. Where does that come from? It comes from the word. Some people want to have a feeling to give them assurance, but no, God says, I've written this word. Our feelings change, but this word never changes. Bible says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by what? Word of God. You say, I need, I, just, I need more faith in my walk with God. All right, hear the word of God. Hear it. I have a, I have, I've had several different methods in my Bible readings in the morning. For years, I would read six chapters in the old and five chapters in the new every morning. And I did that. I figured out six chapters in the old every morning would take me through the Old Testament twice a year. Five chapters in the New would take me through the New Testament six times a year. So for many, many years, I'd read through the New Testament six times every year and the Old Testament twice a year. And then a few years ago, I decided to just vary it up a little bit. Like right now, I'm reading four in the Old and four in the New every day. I I just changed it up. I had one year when I said, I'm going to just, I'm going to read through all the Bible in one year And as I'm reading it, I'm going to have Alexander Scorby read it out loud to me. I want to tell you, following Alexander Scorby around, one thing you don't have to worry about is he pronounces all the words right. All the hard words. He pronounces them right. Well, there's a blessing that God gives in the word of God for those who hear it. For instance, turn over to Revelation chapter 1. You looked at me like you didn't believe it. So I'm going to show it to you. Revelation chapter 1 verse 3. Notice he says, Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. Hear, read, hear, And keep, what a blessing, from God through his word. Those who come joyfully are always made glad by what they get. Even when it's just a salvation message, it'll still thrill the heart. Then we've got a promise. We've got a promise in Mark's passage, by the way, chapter 4. He says, unto you that hear shall more be given. You want to understand the Bible better. Well, you can take all kinds of courses about that, but really the reality is if you'll obey what you hear, you'll learn an awful lot of Scripture. If you obey it, if you follow it. What a marvelous promise. There are many promises like that in the Bible stated positively. There's also promises negatively. For instance, in Proverbs 28 and verse 9, he that turneth away his ear from hearing the law Even his prayer shall be abomination. Why? God wants you to hear it. Now you think, well, we all want God to hear our prayer. I can't imagine somebody saying, I don't care if God hears my prayer or not. Well, that'd be dumb. We all want God to hear our prayers. But God says, he that turneth away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer shall be abomination. So what God is saying to us there is this. We need to hear his word far more than he needs to hear ours. 
And if we're not going to honor his word to hear his word, then our prayer stinks. We want to be special to God. Well, then make his word special to you. Even his prayer shall be abomination. But I want you to get a hold of this, though. You realize you can turn from hearing God's word and be right in the auditorium and not necessarily get up mad and angry. Just simply click it off. There are certain subjects that I know as soon as I, as soon as I mention the subject, there are people, you can see it in their eyes, click. They're done until I get something really that they'd like to hear. Uh, for instance, in some cases, all I have to do is say Deuteronomy and some people go click. <laughs> now, you know that's true. And you can see it. They're done listening. But Deuteronomy, okay, I just had to let it out there. But the promise is this, you'll have more desire to hear, more understanding of what you hear, more convincement of the truth of what you hear, and more personal possession of the blessings of what you hear. God has great promises for us in his word. It will change your life. And it will change your life always for the better. Even the thou shalt nots are for our good. God doesn't just tell us not to do things because he wants to take away all the things that we enjoy in life. Jesus obeyed God's word completely. There was nothing in God's word that Jesus disobeyed. Had he disobeyed anything in God's word, then he couldn't have been the Savior. He had to obey it all to be the Savior. But he wasn't walking in bondage. He was walking in liberty. Because to walk in truth is to walk in liberty. And you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. So let's get down to this matter of real Christian hearing. The Lord said an awful lot about it. As many times as he talked about hearing, as many times as the word is used, you would think that would be something we would pay attention to. And make godly hearing of the word of God and the preaching of the word of God a vital part of our life. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus. I thank you, dear God, for these words. There are so many. We didn't quote all the verses dealing with hearing. But there are so many. We ought to get it. I guarantee that it would revolutionize an awful lot of Christian lives if they decided to get serious about hearing your word. Hearing on purpose. God, have your way in our lives tonight, we pray in Jesus' dear name.